So here we are in the month of September. How many of you are like me? You love this time of year for a lot of different reasons. How many of you believe that miracle of miracles, it is one day going to get cooler again? How many of you believe that? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I know it was 128 this week, but it is going to get cooler at some point in time, and it is going to snow. I just want to go ahead. I want to go ahead, and I'm not a prophet. I'm a pastor, but I want to go ahead and say it is going to snow this year. Up north. So I just thought, I'd, not here, but up north. So I'll just, well, maybe that's not much of a profit. But uh, we're into this, uh, as of today, this brand new series called I'm Done. I'm, I'm just, you ever feel that way? I'm done. Have you ever just grown tired or weary of a situation and it's been perpetuated again and again, annoying, frustrating, and you're like, you just finally, you're like, I'm done. I am just done. And so in this series, that's what we're going to be talking about, certain things that you and I can be done with and should be done with. And you can already tell by looking at the screen what we're going to talk about today. I'm done. I'm just done making excuses. How many of you would admit that there's been a time or two that you've made excuses? You've just had some excuses. Now, here's what I want to say. Each and every week, it's just gonna, it's just gonna, we're going to go forward with this. I've already spent a lot of hours on next Sunday's talk already, and uh, we'll be looking at another area where we need to be done. Uh, but I'm just saying, this is, I really believe this is going to be one of the most important series of this entire year. And if you get really uh, like amped up and motivated and serious in the areas of your life that we're going to be talking about, I really believe that it has the potential of being able to change your life and being able to change your future. I really believe that with all of my heart. So we're talking today, obviously, about I'm done making excuses. And here's a leading question that I want to pose to you before we get into a little bit deeper waters. And here's the question that I want to ask you, and I'd encourage you to listen to it carefully. Here it is. What would you like to be different about your life. What is it? And uh, you, you just say, man, if this area of my life could be different, if, if there could be change in this area of my life moving forward, it would be a positive thing. So uh, just sort of mentally walk through that for just a moment. What in your life would you like to be different? And you may be say, what area? How about areas? How, how about eight areas or seven areas or however many? And we're not going to talk about today how that it's hard to fight a lot of giants at once. Generally, we want to line, line up a giant and fight it one at a time. But just maybe you would say, what are the two uh, biggest areas of my life? If you just feel like I've got multiple areas of my life that I would like to be different. What are the one or two biggest things that you just say, that's, that's where I'd really like to see change in my life and in my future going forward. Now, here's what we know. And I want you to hear this. Here's what we know anytime that you and I get serious about change. Anytime that you and I get serious about something being different in our life, the devil will always give us excuses why we need to stay the same. Let me just say that again. Anytime you and I say, well, you know what? I, there needs to be some differences in my life. Are, are there some changes that need to occur in my life? Can be done, should be done. 
Uh, every time you and I start getting really intentionally focused on that, the devil will give us a lot of excuses why we need to remain just as we are. Now, there's an interesting story that Jesus shares with us in Luke chapter 14. If you're a church person or you grew up being familiar with the Bible, you've ran across this story before in Luke 14. Jesus is talking about it. Look at what he says. Uh, Jesus replied, He said, a certain man was preparing a great banquet. He's going to throw this really huge party. And he invited a lot of people to come. And many guests were invited. Verse 17, at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, I want you to come for everything is now ready. Look at what happens next. Look at this. Read this highlighted portion with me. Everybody, how many of you know everybody means everybody? All right, everybody meets everybody. Let's all read this highlighted portion. But they all alike began to make excuses. One more time. But they all alike began to make excuses. And Jesus watches through three of them. The first said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. The second one said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Look at this next one. Still another said, I just got married. So I can't come. I'm not going to be able to make it. So here we have this invitation to this great banquet. And then right after this party, the invitations are sent out. And just as soon as the invitations are received, the excuses quickly follow. First guy, you saw it with me. I just bought a field and I need to go and see it. Now, I'm a pastor. I'm not a real estate person. I talked to real estate. Several of you are involved in some area of real estate. And uh, I'm not a real estate person. I, I don't understand the intricacies of real estate. But this is what I do understand. If I'm going to buy a piece of property, I would like to see it ahead of time. How many of you are with me on that? I don't want to buy it sight unseen. That is just, that is just common sense. But this guy says, I've just bought a field. Never even seen it. Don't even know what I've spent my money on. I think I'd like to see it. Let me tell you what I think. I think it's an excuse. And so did Jesus. And that matters a whole lot more. Second person, well, I'd like to come to your big party, but I can't come because I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I need to take them on a test run. So I've just bought this piece, we would say in our modern terms, I've just bought this piece of equipment. I've just bought whatever it is that I need to do my job and I just need to take it for a test run. And again, it sounds logical, but the implication here is that Jesus is saying, it's just an excuse. There's other ways, other times that that could become a reality. It's just an excuse. But then we come to the third person, and the third person says, well, here's my situation. I just got married. And you say, well, that one... That one makes a little bit more sense. And, and maybe you've even read into it a little bit, and you're just saying, yeah, he's, he's sincere. This guy, he just said, I can't come because I just got married, and either he's having way too much fun on his honeymoon, or his wife has told him he can't go. I, I, I don't know which it is. In, in fact, scholars believe that it's not like this is like just a, a wedding that has just happened, that it, it, it happened sometime prior to this. And again, Jesus would say, this is just an excuse. 
And the reality, friends, is, is this. It is so easy to look at these guys with all of their excuses, and we could scoff and say, that is so lame. All of those are excuses. Are you trying to tell me you didn't look at the field before you bought it? Are you trying to tell me that now is the only time that you can try out the five yoke of Hudson? Are you telling me that you are so freshly married that you can't come to the big party that is being thrown? And uh, we would just, we'd just scoff at that. We'd just say it's, it's excuses, just like Jesus. It's, it's all excuses. But here's the problem for us. We do exactly the same thing. We look at an area of our life that needs to change, an area of our life that needs to be different. We say, well, I can't change. I I can't change that area of my life. I know that I need to be different in in this spectrum of my life, but but I can't do it because it's too challenging. It'll never happen. Or or I, I would do it, but I can't change because I'm not strong enough. I can't change. And, and here's an excuse the enemy will always give people. And a lot of you have had this before. You've said, I can't change. And I know I can't change because I tried it before and it didn't work. And because it hasn't worked in the past, it's not going to work now. So why even try? Or how about this one? I can't change. My life can't be different because it's been this way too long. In fact, this is the way it was for my parents and their parents. And it's just sort of a family DNA kind of thing. And I'll never be able to change or something like this. Here's an excuse. It'll work for other people, but it will never, ever work for me. It'll never work for me. See, most of us struggle with this. And I want you to hear me out on this. Most of us struggle with this. We have good intentions, but not necessarily God's intentions. We have good intentions, but not necessarily God's intentions. Let me briefly explain that. A good intention centers around us. This is what I want to be different about my life. This is what I want to change in my life. Therefore, because it's a good intention and it centers around us, you know, I want this to be different. Therefore, this is what I will do. I will do. And a lot of us have good good intentions, but good intentions are not always God's intentions. God's intentions are different in this regard. They center around this reality. This is what God wants to be different in my life. It's bigger than this is just what I want to be different. This is just uh, bigger than uh, this is the change that I want to make. It's what does God want to be different about my life? You see, with a good intention, typically we have to generate the strength and the willpower with a good intention. I've got to make it happen. I've got to do whatever necessary. I've got to be disciplined enough or strong enough to make it happen. But with a God intention, we can fully rely upon God's power and might to do what needs to be done. So how do you and I get to that place where we just say, I'm done. I'm just done making excuses. I've been there. I've done that. And I'm just done now making excuses. Excuses. So here's a question that all of us need to ask ourselves, and I've been leading you to this point already. Uh, here's a question we need to ask beginning right now. What does God want to be different about my life? Again, this is bigger than good intentions are okay. They're good. But a good intention is different than a God intention. Now, they can parallel. I'll come to that in just a moment. But what does God want to be different about your life? What does God want to be different about my life? 
Now, I think it's important going into that question, sort of back that up just a little bit, sort of preface that by saying and reminding ourselves that God loves us in a way that our minds cannot even fathom. How much does God love us? God loves us enough that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, into the world uh, to become the sacrificial lamb, to become the supreme sacrifice for you and for me to go to the cross, to die in our place so that you and I can experience the grace and the forgiveness of God. That is how much God loves us. Consider this as well, that because God loves you and because God loves me, that God has a great plan for our lives. So I think that's a big question, uh, you know, a preface to a big question that we need to raise. If we're asking, what does God want to be different about my life? We need to remind ourselves, what does God think about us? And God loves us. Again, in a way that you, can, you and I can, can't even fathom. And if you happen to be a parent, think about how much you love your kids. If you're a parent and, and you just say, I love my kids so much. And, and then you're a grandparent and you say, that's like a whole nother gear of love. How many of you know that? I, 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 heard, I heard this week that my oldest granddaughter got a spanking. It is grievous to me. I will get there soon to protect her. Like, why would you spank an innocent baby? I don't understand. She's in kindergarten. She, and, um, and then I asked, well, why did she get a spanking? And I was told because she told her cousin who lives in that same area that she didn't have a good time at her birthday party. My response, again, this is from Papa. This is not from Daddy. This is Papa. How many of you know there's a difference? Papa said, you can't spank a child for telling the truth. Obviously, she didn't have fun at the party. <laughs> you wanted to lie? She didn't have fun at the party. She just let it be known. Don't spank my baby. I'll be there soon to protect her. But if you're a parent or a grandparent, you want good things for them. Don't you, Right? And think about if that's how we feel about our kids, or if you happen to be a grandparent, your grandkids, then you take how God feels about us and take how we feel toward them and multiply that times a gazillion. And you say, a gazillion's not even a fact. Look it up sometime. I looked it up to make sure I was on safe ground. There is a such thing as a gazillion. Look it up sometime later. But here's a real cool possibility that maybe what God wants for your life may actually be the very thing that you want for your life as well. And in that regard, you and God are on the same page. So what is that thing, or it may be things that could and should change in, in your life? What does God want to be different about your life? And here's what I would ask you to do. You can write it down right now. Again, don't write down eight or 10. You can do that. But what is the one thing, or maybe two things, maybe three, if you're going to stretch it this morning, that God wants to be different about your life? What does God want to change about your life? Write it down. And if you don't write it down, at least make a, a mental note of it so that you can come back to it. Now, here's another question that we need to think all the way through. Why does God want this to be different in my life? It's not just what does God want to be different about my life, the what, but we need to connect. We need to tether together the what with the why. That's true in so many axioms of our life, and it's especially true in this regard. 
Well, why does God want this to be different in my life? So we connect the why to the what of change. And when that happens, when we take what needs to change combined with why it needs to change, then it becomes the power and the motivation to see it through. And I could give you a litany of examples here, but I'll just give you a few briefly. Here's an area where we would, where we would just be able to take this and apply it, where we would maybe say, all right, here's what needs to be changed. Here's why I should become serious about my devotional life. How many of you wave at me? That'd be a good thing for everybody, right? That would be a good thing for all of us. I want, I want to become serious about my devotional life. All right, that's the what. But what is the why? Why do you want to become more serious about your devotional life? Maybe you'd say, because I've never read the Bible through. And, and, and you know, my, my brother-in-law, he's read the Bible through, and I want to at least be able to tell him I've read the Bible, you know, because we have sort of this, you know, secret competitiveness going on. And I want to be able to say, I've read the Bible through. That's, that's not a good why. Because it's going to help you to grow and to get to know God better and, and to know God's word better and be able to take it. That's, that's the why. And you connect the why with the what. It becomes powerful. And motivation in our life. How about this one? I need to have cleaner eating habits. I need to eat more healthy. I need to exercise. I'm not doing that. I need to do that. That is the what. I need to become more healthy. I need to eat better. I need to exercise more. All right? That is the what. But what is the why? The why can't, it's got to be bigger than this. Well, I've got this pair of jeans in my closet and I've been able to wear them for a while. And I know if I can squeeze in them, you know, just lay on the bed, suck my stomach in and just, you know, zip. Uh, that, it's got to be bigger than that. It's got to be bigger than that. And maybe you'd even take it and say, well, why would God want that to be different? And, and here might would be your new motivation because the Bible says that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit right? Did I make that up? No, that's exactly what the Bible says, that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We need to care for that which houses the Holy Spirit. There's another verse in the Bible that uh, a lot of people skip over, but it says, honor God with your body. And the implications of that are broad, I know, but to honor God. God's given us, he created our body and God wants us to be a good manager. Would you agree? A good steward of it. So maybe we'd say it's bigger than what I thought the why was, but here's why I knew. Here's another example. Uh, I need to join a small group. Pastor Jeff, I heard you talking uh, just a few moments ago, and, and I need, that's the what, I need to join a small group. And I know I've got options, all kinds of options, topics, days a week, leaders, 75 to 80 different small groups. I know that's what I need to do, but why do I need to do it? Why? This is not a good why, because I heard that particular group has a Cheeto buffet <laughs> every time they meet. All kind of flavors, spicy, jalapeno, you know, the traditional, the classic. And I, you know, I'm just, you know, I, I just, that's the one. I just feel God leading me to the one that has the Cheeto buffet. Well, of course, I'm, you know, exaggerating that. But, but what's the real why? Because you want to build some friendships, 
She heard Brian and Ashley talk about recently, if you were here that Sunday, about just the relationships they've been able to form and what they think may actually turn out to be some lifelong friends. And you're like, you know what? I need quality friends in my life. I need good people speaking into my life. I want to be a part of a tight-knit community where people are getting to know me and I'm getting to know people and people are loving me and I'm loving them. And we're just sort of doing life together and we're studying topics and things that are helping me to, to grow in a Christ, as a Christian and become more like Jesus. It's not just a, a what it's a why. Why do I need to do? Why do I need to get out of debt? Why do I need to get out of debt? What if you, that's the what. I need to get out of debt. But why do you need, because I'm, I'm tired of living this way. I'm tired of living under suffocating debt. I'm tired of getting to the end of the month. And every time I get to the end of the month, I just feel so trapped because I've got more month than I do money. And I, I don't have a lot of savings and I'm not planning for that. Why? You know, when you take the why and you connect it with the what, it becomes, it becomes the motivation to see it all the way through. Why should I become more uh, uh, more consistent in attending church. Uh, maybe you're a better Christian than I am, but I need a lot of church. I need a lot of church. And if I'm ever away and I can't go to church on a Sunday, for me, it may be different for you, but I just feel like uh, it's almost like a, a gas tank. And, and I just feel my spiritual fuel just going down. It doesn't mean I'll backslide or turn my back on God. There's just something for me that is energizing and exhilarating in my walk, in my faith, when I'm together in church. And if you have kids, uh, you know, just to know that your kids, I was thinking about that this week, to know that when you bring your kids or your grandkids, they're a part of the kids program of our church. And every week, no matter what their age is at an age appropriate teaching, they're learning more and more about Jesus. So hopefully while you're here, you're learning more and more about Jesus. They're there learning more about Jesus. You're connecting not just the what I need to be in church with the why. Catch this now. When we connect the what and the why together, then suddenly we realize that making excuses does not make any sense at all. So when you know what God desires for your life, and I know what God desires for me, for me, and you and I come into agreement with God concerning what needs to be, be different and what things need to change in our life, then we ought to just be motivated to just say, I'm done. I'm done making excuses. I know this area of my life. I know this area of my life needs to be different, but I just keep coming up with all the reasons why it can't happen. I know that I need to make a change in this area of my life. I know it. And, you know, again, just dispatching with all the excuses. I've tried it before. This has been a part of my life too long. It's just sort of my family DNA. It's the way that I was raised. I've tried. I've done it. No, just I'm done. Just reach a point beginning right now today at 1032 where you're going to say, I'm done. I am done making excuses. No more excuses. So I come back to this idea. If God is for you, which obviously he is, then what can stand against you? Two of you heard that. If God is for you, then what can stand against you? And if God's power is working on your behalf because it is a God intention, then we need to be done making excuses as to why it cannot happen. Now, if we know this and we believe this, then why is it so easy to lay out excuses? I know I need to be different in my life, but I, I know I need to change here, but why do we keep laying out excuses? I want to show you an example from one of the central characters of the Old Testament, and I'm talking here uh, about Moses. And I want you to see this. This is an assignment. I'm not going into the depth of the story, but, but this is an assignment that Moses gets from God. 
But Moses pleaded with the Lord, O Lord, I am not very good with words. I never have been, and I'm not now, even though you have spoken to me. I get tongue-tied, and my words get tangled. Look at verse 11. Look at it right here. Then the Lord asked Moses, I love this. How many of you know God's smart and always has the right answer? And God says, who makes a person's mouth? And Moses is like, oop, you got me there. Who decides whether people speak or do not speak? Oh, man, I didn't think about that, God. Hear or do not hear, see or do not see. Is it not I, the Lord, who determines this? And God is saying to Moses, Moses, you're the man for the job. And Moses is saying, I'm not. God is saying, you could do this. And Moses is saying, I cannot do it. And why is he saying that? Because Moses is so focused on his inabilities that he's unable to see God's abilities at work in his life. He is so aware of his own weakness that he does not recognize the power of God that can be unleashed in his life if he'll stop with his excuses. God said, I'm the one that's going to give you the power to do what needs to be done. Look at this next verse. In Jeremiah 32, 27, God says this to his prophet. He said, I am the Lord God of all humanity. Nothing is too hard for me. This may be too tough for you, but it's not too difficult for me. It's not too hard for me. So I ask you this question. You know something. You made a physical note of it, or you made a mental note of it. You know something in your life that needs to change. You know there's something in your life that needs to be different than what it is right now, then you've got to stop making excuses. You can't be like Moses and say, I can't. It won't work. Not me. This is not even possible. I can't do, God, what you're asking me to do. This is bigger than a good intention. This is also a God intention, but God, I can't do it. Other people can. I can't. No, that is not true. You're done with making excuses. No more excuses because God God looks, anytime you and I come to him with our lame excuses, God says to us, is there anything in your life that is too dif difficult for me? And then God answers his own question. He says, absolutely not. You say, but I can't change. You know why you can't change? Because you've determined you can't change. I'm always going to be this way. You know why you, you believe you're always going to be that way? Because you always believe you're going to be that way. When are you going to get done? with making excuses? When are you just going to reach a point where you're just going to say, I am done with all of my excuses? Deciding today, I'm done. Now, I want to go back to a very important verse in Exodus chapter 4. It immediately follows the two verses that we saw earlier because God has an encouraging and strengthening message for Moses. I like this. And then we're going to look at two things from it, and then we're going to be done. But I want you to look at what happens here. So Moses is given his reasons why he can't, why he's not the right guy. And God, like, doesn't even pay attention to that. And he says, now go. Now go. Right now, go. I will do what? Say it with me. Help you to speak, and I will tell you what to say. All right. Two principles I want to give you here before we're done. Because some of you are not yet convinced that your life can be different. Some of you are not yet convinced that you cannot change. And I want to remind you what God said to Moses. He says, he says this, go now. Actually, reverse, now go. I want you to do it right now. Moses, you know what to do. How many of you, and I'm not even going to ask you, what 
What area? But how many of you, you already know the change that needs to happen in your life? Just wave at me like this. You know that, you know there's an area of your life that needs to be different. Just wave at me like this, all right? Wave at me. You know what God says to all of us? I have to wave my hand to. You know what God says? You already know. Now go. You already know. Now go. No, no, no. Don't stand around here making, uh, making excuses. I saw yesterday, and again, I'm sort of a college football guy. You know that. I was watching the game yesterday, and a player was getting in, in a little bit of trouble. The coach was giving him some guidance and correction, and he was just going to be palsy with the coach, and he put his arm around the shoulder of the coach like this, sort of standing there, and it was so funny to me. The coach started saying like, yeah, I mean, he's like, like, take your arm. It was like, I'm trying, and you're just being palsy and buddies here and I'm trying no I want you to listen and I want you to go you know what to do now go and do it no delays quit thinking about it don't over spiritualize it stop with the excuses and do what God wants you to do God would say to you and to me get moving See, God's message for each of us is just that, to do what we can do. You know what areas need to change or be different about your life. You know that. And God would say, do it. Do what you can do. Well, obviously, you're already a step ahead of me. You know what's coming next. Then secondly, trust God to do what you can't do. Moses like, God, I'm not. God is, yes, you are. And he's like, God, I can't. And he's like, yes, you can. You're the guy I'm raising up. But God, you know, I, I, I get tongue-tied and I can't speak. And I know you want me to go for, before Pharaoh. I know what it is. And he even knew the why. Because the people were in bondage and captivity. And God listens to his excuses and says, listen, go. Go. Do what you can do. But then God says, now here's what I want you to keep in mind. I'm going to do what you cannot do. And you read it with me a moment ago. You saw it on the screen and you read it. God said, if you'll, if you'll go. Now, listen, you got to get this part. This is huge. This can be the thing that turns this in your life. You've, you've got to realize that when you go, then God says, you step out. And maybe you even have to step out in faith. God said, if you will go, if you will move, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to help you and I'm going to teach you. That's what he said to Moses, isn't it? He's like, no, 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 done, Moses, cut it off. No, no more excuses. You're the man. I want you to go. And I want you to go now. But if you will go, here's my promise to you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to tell you what to do. I'm going to teach you. So I want you, as we get ready to wrap this up, to really pause and think about that for just a moment. Let it sink in. If God wants something for you, it's a God intention. And let's say that you desire too. It's a good intention on your part. Then what can stop that from happening? If God has something that he wants to change in your life or my life, God has something that he wants in our lives to be different. God wants it so. We want it so. What's the only thing that can stop it? The only thing that can stop it is excuses. And we've got to say, God, I'm done. No more. I'm done with my excuses. Can I ask you as we wrap up? In fact, you can go ahead and stand. That means we're almost done. But don't leave because you got to hear this part. 
What could be different about your life? What could be better about your life? Think about that right now. You maybe wrote it down earlier, one or two things, or you made a mental note of it. What could be better about your life and different about your life if you would just simply say, I'm done making excuses. I'm done making, I'm going to go. I'm going to do what, what I can do, which is to start moving in that direction. So I'm going to do what I'm going to do, what God will help me to do. But then I'm going to trust God to help me to do what I can't do on my own. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes right here, right now? Would you decide today in this place before we walk out that you will do what you can do? There's certain things. God's not going to do it for you. He's not. He's gonna, not going to force you. He's not going to make you. If you're just saying, no, I'm, I'm just going to wait on God. I'm not going to do anything, not going to do anything. And you delay and you make excuse. It's not going to happen. God said to Moses, go now. Now go. Move. Move in that direction. Do what you can do, Moses. And we do that. But now will you also trust God to do what only God can do? Believe. Believe down to your toes that he will surely give you the power and the help necessary to change. Father, in these moments, we just ask you to help us. We want it to be bigger than a good intention. We thank you for good intentions, but we want it to be a God intention. We want to be on the same page. And if God, we're on the same page, we want it to happen and you want it to happen, then nothing's going to stop it except our excuses. And we're done with that. We've done that too long. We've done it too often. We're finished. We're going to start moving right now. We're going to do what we can do and we're going to trust you to do what we cannot do. And maybe you're here today and you don't even know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Maybe you're just here today and you know that you need a relationship with God. There's something deep on the inside of you that tells you God is real, that Jesus is real. That when I mentioned earlier that Jesus came into the world, took your sin debt, my sin debt upon him, and went to the cross in our place, died in our place. You believe that to be true. You may not understand it fully, but you believe it to be true. And you need a relationship with God. And right now, you may know that you need a relationship with God, but you start making excuses even in your mind. I can't do this. I can't live this way. What if I make a mistake? What if I fall down? What if I disappoint God? What if I, and you just need to move all of your excuses to the side and just right now say in your heart, Jesus, come into my life. Would you do that? If you want to receive Christ into your life today as the Savior and the leader of your life, I want you to lift your hand sky high. Lift it up as high as you can. I want to receive Christ into my life right here, right now today. And just say, Jesus, come into my life. And Jesus sees your hand. And Jesus knows your heart. And just say, Jesus, come into my life right now. Forgive me of my sins right now. Give me a brand new start right now. God, I can't change on my own, but you can help me to change. You love me just the way that I am right now, but you love me too much to let me stay this way. And God, I receive you into my life, and you will lead me, and you will guide me. And you just say, Jesus, yes, come into my life. Yes, Forgive me of my sins. Jesus, help me. Take my hand and lead me. We thank you for this. Thank you for receiving us today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, can we give him another hand clap of praise? Can we do it?
God bless you, everybody. See you right back here next Sunday. Don't forget Grow Track Theater number 16.